0: More debate with a great uh, guest, Tom Rogan, coming up in a little bit. If you haven't heard uh, our takes on it, if you have any interest in that, I, I, you know, whether you care what we have to say about it, I don't know. But like when I'm watching the debate or when I get done, I go around to a bunch of different pundits that I kind of are, am interested in. And I love to hear what they have to say about it.
4: Yeah. And if you didn't get a chance to watch or, you know, you understand that someday you'll be dead and you don't want to waste your pressure for moments on Earth. So you didn't watch it. Uh, we can distill it down for you. I'll pay off this real quickly. Who 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 spoke the most
0: words? It's kind of interesting when it's supposed to be more or less, I think they attempt to be fair. Cory Booker pretty easily had the most words spoken.
4: He's a wordy son of a gun.
0: 2,181, followed by Beto O'Rourke. Oh, Lord. The most interesting thing that stands out to me in third place, it's a tie between Chuck Warren or uh, Elizabeth Warren and Chuck Todd. Mm. So the moderator really? spoke as many words or more than all but two candidates.
4: Oh, that is so Chuck Todd. I, I think the biggest loser Sleepy CPI's Chuck Todd,
0: who's Chuck Todd. I, he did not look good on that. It, the, the framing of his questions seemed weird. It's just not, I don't know. I'm becoming less and less of a fan of his.
4: He's, you know, folks, pardon the, the frank terminology, but he's just an ass hat. He's just not a likable guy. Uh, anyway, uh, Liz Warren, Amy Klobuchar, I cheated. I looked at the chart. Jay Inslee. Barely spoke a word. Hey, I'm over here. Uh, climate change. <laughs> I, I was unable to confirm the Twitter
0: report that I saw that said Chuck Todd cuts his own hair with his non dominant hand. I
5: was unable
0: to confirm that. Now that's a report. <laughs> I think, and I'll just I'll shut up after this because we got a guest yeah, coming up. Shut
4: up after this. I think
0: it was a good night for Julian Castro. I thought De Blasio had a good night to the extent that that could possibly matter. I mean, he jumped in strong, and and then you know, just kind of looked. Uh, he's very tall, maybe that's part of it. But I I wondered why he was even there, and he jumped in several times with his strong progressive views.
4: So I think it was good for him. Oh yeah, I mean, you're not going to be the mayor of New York and not be fairly aggressive and articulate. I think but...
0: Beto's number comp- his direction continues to go down.
4: The, 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 the more yes, he
0: talks, the more he don't he goes even
4: eh, talk to the hand. I don't even want to hear his name, um, unless it's about what a. ...awful gambit it was, uh, launching into 90 seconds of Spanish. He's very nervous. He always seems so nervous. He's oh, very twitchy. I the gestures.
0: He, does he pee his pants on the 4th of July? Is he <laughs> seems
4: like the sort of guy that the fireworks would make him wet himself. Huh? Ah! <laughs> wow. Lost now that's control of the question. So, a couple of uh, stories that are uh, uh, not of uh, great significance, but I've enjoyed. First of all, have you seen this on the internet? The pictures that AOC took down at one of the border camps last year, I guess... She staged these pictures and had them taken. There she is, dressed in all white, looking very, very grim and very serious. In this one, she's broken down. She's crying into her hand at the pain as she looks through a fence, a gate, at an empty parking lot. It's just entirely staged. And my favorite comment was... uh AOC, it's just a gay. Do you cry when you go into people's backyards? Oh, jeez. But it's that's just that's snarky so, internet meanness. So and not snarky enough. So jiving. She got them real tries. Oh, she got them. Yeah. she got them. Oh, she got them. Um, but uh, just so obvious and, and ridiculous. Or she is staring grimly at Chain Link in her. White outfit and a red lipstick. All right, AOC, whatever.
0: I
5: can always tell by realtor eyes. No,
4: I'm telling you.
5: Is it the same questioners
0: again tonight? Does anybody know?
4: Is it the same crew? I have no idea. they going to have their microphones work? That'd be <laughs> cool. Man, if somebody could abduct Chuck, Chuck Todd and lock him in a closet. Radio or hosts. Or put him in a Put him in a like the, the the presidential suite at the Hilton. I don't care. Just get him the hell out of the uh, the auditorium. Radio host advocates abducting Chuck Todd. He just he makes my skin crawl. He's one of those few people on TV who is just aggressively, obnoxiously off-putting, and it's just <laughs> the very sight of him makes me f- <laughs> sleepy eyes Chuck Todd. Who- the American uh, Library Association Council. Made the decision uh, approving a resolution that the uh, the Dewey Award for Librarians uh, have its name changed. Because uh, Dewey, Melville Dewey, had a history of anti-Semitism, racism, and sexual harassment of women. Governing body voted to remove the name. Um, when uh, what are they going to call it now? The Up With Filing Books Correctly Award. Apparently... Uh, so okay, uh, all right, yeah. Well, all right. So as we In go back 1800s, through the 1800s, he appeared to have uh, some racist beliefs.
0: Yeah. So we're going to go back through history and apply current standards to people throughout history, even hundreds, sometimes thousands of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if their attitudes don't meet today, then then nothing they said or did could be of worth. That's a that's a that makes perfectly good sense.
4: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And hey, listen, uh, one of our beloved listeners sent this along to us, and I thought they made a really good comment, but um I can't find it. I'd like to give credit where it's due, but they pointed out that as every human being has dark thoughts, unfortunate moments, things they wish they could take back, then we can't really name anything after anyone anymore nor have uh, any uh, any statues to anyone or anything else. Well, how about this? We're we're currently
0: judging historical figures based on Pretty loud proclamations or writings, because that's the only idea you'd have of what they thought. Mm -hmm. Going forward, you know everything anybody thought, privately and publicly, starting at the age of like 12. Right. And you'll be judged by that. Right,
4: so you can tear anybody down at any time, which would just be delightful.
0: What you texted to your 17-year-old friend might be out there and available to judge you by hundred years from now
4: and what uh, some of you self-righteous social justice warriors uh might want to remember as opposed to guys like me a self-righteous you know libertarian uh is that you who are the most proud of your proper stances today will be judged and dismissed and, and removed um in future days
0: now, that's my favorite joke that michael che makes on saturday night live and he's obviously a guy of the left but he says oh you know in the future someday, I might be in jail for things I say now. Right. Because um, he recognizes how right. things are changing. There, they, I I could see um, in the future, we, we can't have Steve Jobs, you know, a statue here about Apple computer or whatever, because, look, I have an email here where he did not use proper pronouns. Made a
4: Pollock joke.
0: He said Mr. or Mrs. Oh, without yeah. any reference to... Uh, the proper pronouns so. right exactly this is why my yeah. blanket policy on no statues ever anymore <laughs> solves all this problem <laughs> that's true you are a, you are really into the no statues the,
5: the, what are the we doing?
4: anti-statue statute i'm not sure they need to be there either but hey i want to mention uh, this fabulous website that ben the libertarian turned me on to but we don't really have time i'll do it before marshall's news i promise you that we have uh, tom rogan coming up he's a he's a thinker he's a writer he's a good man we're going to talk a little bit about the debate If you saw the debate, you'll like his point of view. If you didn't, you'll know what happened. Stay with us.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: The greatest geopolitical threat to the United States right now, Congressman Delaney?
0: Well, the biggest uh, geopolitical challenge is China, but the okay. biggest geopolitical threat yes. remains
3: nuclear
5: weapons, Okay, right? So those are, di- you know, those are different you. questions. I got Totally get it. Go ahead, Governor Inslee. The biggest threat to the security of the United States is Donald Trump, and there's no... Okay.
3: Congresswoman Gabbard. The greatest... The greatest geopolitical threat.
2: The greatest that we face is the fact that we are at a greater risk of nuclear okay. war today than ever before in history.
3: Congre- Congre- uh, Senator Klobuchar. Two Club threats.
2: Trump. Economic threat, China. But our, our major threat right now is what's going on in the Mideast with Iran if we don't get okay, our try act Try to keep
3: together, it at one our, our slender, slimmer than what we've been going here. One or two our, words. Our please. existential threat is
0: climate change. We have to confront it before it's too late. Senator Warner. <laughs>
1: climate
3: change.
0: Yeah. Senator Booker. Nuclear proliferation and climate change. Secretary uh, Castro. See, uh, China and climate
3: change yeah, Congressman Ryan China without a question They're wiping us around the world economically yeah. uh, And Mr. Mayor
0: Russia because they're trying to undermine
4: our democracy And they've been doing a pretty damn good job of it And we need to stop them <laughs> Boy,
0: the the Trump blast got the biggest cheer of the night. People were just hankering for that. I'm surprised more candidates didn't take the easy, because we've been in front of crowds like that, where we can say something mean about Nancy Pelosi and people are going to howl with applause or laughter or something. I mean, it's just the lowest of low-hanging fruit.
4: And very few people went for it. Sometimes the cheapest pleasures are the finest pleasures. (laughs) I'd like to congratulate Cory Booker for almost getting through nuclear proliferation. (laughs) Too many nukes. Tom Rogan is a commentary writer for the Washington Examiner. He writes uh, on foreign policy, but is certainly up on the issues of the day. And Tom joins us now. Tom, how are you, sir? Good to be
6: with you. Thanks for having me.
4: Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, We're both great fans of your contributions to Special Report with uh, Brett Baer terrific job
6: oh well thank you very much i really appreciate that
4: so uh listen i know your your most recent piece uh in the washington examiner is about elizabeth warren appearing to be uh, everything she is which is intelligent well-informed forceful i can't stand her policies but she's an impressive i one. have a plan um but you think that's actually good news for the president
6: well, I do. I, I think when we think about what will actually decide this election, which is the obviously the general election race between two candidates and their running mates, I think in terms of uh, Elizabeth Warren's policy positions and President Trump's economy, uh, his position on a lot of foreign policy issues, China is the most dominant one. He is in a better place to be able to uh, persuade people who have not yet made their minds up at that block of the center uh, that he would uh, his presidency for another four years would be preferable to hers for a new four years.
4: I don't think it would be terribly difficult for him to make the argument that her policies would be an enormous gamble economically. Choke choke off the economy, increase unemployment, that sort of thing. Uh, speaking of low hanging fruit, I think that is.
6: Yeah, and and I think the, the policy detail here of what she's proposing, which is uh, you, you know really far further to the left than. In, in a clearly objective sense than they, her campaign would like to admit. And we take, for example, uh, supporting uh, Senator Sanders, Bernie Sanders' health care plan, uh, which would deny the right of individual choice, which Democrats tend to talk a lot about. That would be something that President Trump, we could expect to go on. Her plan to quite dramatically increase taxes and regulation in the economy, uh, which in an environment of hyper-competitiveness around the world, uh, would seem to be a, a poor choice. And and it's not simply that these are poor policy decisions. The point of the strong economy uh, allows President Trump to say, why take a gamble on these divergent approaches to governing the economy when my economy is doing uh, so so well? And the incumbent factor, of course, is that the economy needs to uh, remain healthy uh, into uh, into late next year.
0: Cong- Congressman Ryan talking about, look, we've got a perception problem where people think we're, we're you know, a coastal party of Ivy Leaguers. We need to get back to, you know, Midwestern working class roots. That sort of attitude's got to scare Trump.
6: It, it it does. But, you know, the advantage for President Trump is that the Democratic primary process and the best, I think, evidence for this is um, Inslee's comment that Trump is the greatest threat to, to world security or to American security. The, the primary base is so far to the left and so driven by uh, the belief that Trump is an aberration who can be defeated by a, a pretty far left candidate that I, I just don't think, you know, Ryan, Delaney, I don't think they get near uh, the the nomination. And so, yes, on paper, it would be a serious concern for the president. Uh, I think it's a concern with Joe Biden. Um, but, but again, that the pressures from the left and the Democratic Party in some way, are an equalizing force, uh, you know, for President Trump.
4: Tom Rogan, commentary writer for the Washington Examiner. I was just looking at your bio, Tom, that you're a U.S. US citizen with a British accent. He likes William Shakespeare, Larry David, and Carl Pilkington. You have no idea how my heart soared (laughs) when I saw Carl Pilkington. That's fabulous, man. You make me want to run back and listen to the old Ricky Gervais podcasts.
6: I know. They're all on YouTube, so that's what I do uh, oh, brilliant. when I'm having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, such a good idea.
0: What do you think of all the Spanish speaking last night? That was a landmark event, really, the amount of Spanish in a national debate. How many people like that? How many people does that turn off in a general election strategy?
6: Well, I think I think the concern here, and we, we saw you know, with President Trump, does actually better with Hispanic American voters than than I think people expect. It's around 35%, as I understand it. Uh, Certainly there's an opportunity for conservatives to boost that in the future. I think the concern for uh, Democrats is that if if you do this uh, in a way that seems disingenuous, seems that you are just offering platitudes to people rather than policy prescriptions. And again, we think about the uh, growth of employment at, at the minority level of the minority Americans, which is you know, unprecedented, quite frankly, under the current economy. That is something President Trump can point to. What makes your life better, words or action? And secondly, I think there is a danger that the general election voters will regard this as the same kind of thing that turned, that allowed people to vote for President Trump, even if they didn't like him, because they thought, well, at least he doesn't care about political correctness. I think political correctness is so anathema to a lot of Americans outside you know, the the major uh, metropolitan areas that, that frankly, it's a big danger. It seems it seemed too contrived. It seemed too disingenuous. And in that, I think it was it's a political opportunity for for President Trump.
4: Well, and that attitude toward political correctness uh, describes a lot of people on the left as well. I think there's just a growing awareness that it's obnoxious and and suffocating in the rest of it. Uh, Tom, listen, it's an obvious question, but what the heck? It's fun to bandy about who do you think uh, really gained some steam last night in particular?
6: I, I think I think Elizabeth Warren, uh, for the reason that she, you know, held her own and uh, maintained momentum, and I think, you know, frankly, it, it's it's looking I think like uh, her, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders running into the, um, you know, as the three front runners.
4: Interesting, Tom Rogan, commentary writer for the Washington Examiner. Tom, we're about out of time. Enjoy the chat very much. I hope we can do it again.
6: Yes, it was great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Well done.
4: Thanks.
0: I think Mayor Pete would like to argue with that and maybe put forth tonight an opportunity to be in a, in a group of 4 that stand out from everybody else. But we'll see. Um we got this text. Please give Rachel Maddow some credit for being the best moderator. I think she was the best of the bunch last night. I think a Rachel
4: Maddow Brett Bear oh. together would be pretty good oh, to cover wow. both sides of it. That would be good. I don't I, I would she would be much more aggressively progressive than he would be aggressively uh, uh, conservative, but they could probably work that out. Yeah, I think they could. She's a very bright and reasonable person. She just, you know, she's everything also, she believes is wrong. She was, which also, is she was
0: also the most forceful person there and in, in being willing to shut people up. No, no, you stop. You right. go. Yeah. I mean, she's the only one willing to do that.
5: Yep. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Supreme Court closing out this session with decisions on two major cases. One of the Democratic candidates Did they made- rule
4: on the death penalty for people who clog up the left lane yet? Not yet. Because I've petitioned the court <laughs> every yet. year for the last 27 years.
5: We want cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> right, exactly. One of the Democratic candidates made a lot of noise at last night's debate, and we've got more proof Amazon is taking over the world. So, Mayor Pete,
4: and, and granted, a lot of the talking head stuff that gets thrown around with great enthusiasm, you know, days later it's forgotten. But the consensus that Mayor Pete really looked weak in dealing with his uh, cop crisis there in his hometown, is pretty widespread. I'm not sure if the bloom isn't off his rose, but we'll find out.
0: Yeah, the I remember all the, the pundits saying, Elizabeth Warren's going to get it from all sides last night. She didn't get one arrow her way, if you pardon the expression. I will not.
1: Armstrong and Getty
0: so jay simpson was on twitter last night (coughs) he was watching the debate
1: hey twitter world it's me yours truly sitting at my house waiting to watch this debate to hear a bunch of people who think they're capable of running our country it should be interesting because, to be honest, I, I don't know most of these guys. But I'm interested to hear what they have to say. And I think every American should be watching this. So, I guess we got about 38 minutes to go. So, won't be long now. Take care.
0: Among the, among the snarky responses to O.J. Simpson watching the debate. Yes, please. Just a stab in the dark here, but are ex-cons allowed to vote in your state? Just a stab in the dark. Wow, that's just astonishingly tone deaf. It's like he's not really
5: the juice anymore. No, it's like
0: he's exactly like the juice. Oh, that's rough. Wow. Yes, and somebody replied, yes, juice, the gloves will really come off in this one. Oh, oh boy. Wow. I'm trying
5: not to laugh. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, I had a pair of decisions from the Supreme Court this morning. The court, for one, blocked the citizenship question on the 2020 census, at least for now saying the Trump administration's explanation is insufficient. Chief Justice John Roberts joined the court's four liberals in the 5-4 ruling. That's a defeat for the Trump administration, which wants to add a simple question to the census about whether resident or respondents are U.S. citizens. Those opposing the move argued it would dampen participation by Latinos and other minorities and could undercut their representation in Congress. It's actually kind of a dry administrative law ruling, saying that, no,
4: you're supposed to have a, a rationale for this. It's supposed to be prepared by the proper department. Then you submit it. You didn't do that. You just whipped up something for court. Yep.
5: Supreme Court also ruled federal courts, federal courts have no rule, role rather, in regulating partisan gerrymandering, which is the political process of drawing up congressional district lines. In a case involving North Carolina and Maryland, justices said they cannot decide an issue that is up to state legislatures. The ruling again, five to four, pretty much fell along conservative liberal lines in this case. And during last night's first Democratic debate, former Housing Secretary Julio Castro made a lot of noise getting into Beto O'Rourke's face. He was uh, castigating O'Rourke for refusing to come out against Section 1325 of federal immigration law, which makes illegal entry into the U.S. A misdemeanor. In fact, we would spare well, no expense to reunite the families a lot of that have been families. separated
0: already. And we would not criminally prosecute any family because you are fleeing violence for the repeal and of persecution. persecution. 1325. We would
5: make sure... Secretary, let, let him finish. Him, it, and and it, I will you it, give you this policy. And yeah, the guys talking guy over each other. Beto,
4: eres un falso y un idiota. Nadie le Beto, you're a phony and an idiot. No one likes you. That is what he said. <laughs> Since it's more about
0: style and substance yeah. in all these debates, right? it's just it's who you like more or seems stronger or whatever. Um, that's a tough one right there. Do you, so do you just keep going if you're Beto and hope that the, the people feel like you're being interrupted and he's the bully? Do you look weak by not responding to him directly? You've got to shame
4: him directly. You can't just jabber back at him constantly. It makes you both look like idiots. You've got to take the moral high road excuse me, is this going to be an exchange of ideas for the American people or just a contest for who can speak louder, congressman? I'm
0: surprised nobody ever says that. So the first person to interrupt was Bill de Blasio. Like, third question in, it had been question, long answer, question, long answer. Somebody starts their answer. De Blasio just jumps in, hey, that's not true. And then the moderators just let him go. He just butted in and going. If I'm one of the other candidates, okay, apparently these are the rules now. It's like figuring out how the ump's calling the pitches. Apparently, these are the rules. You just jump in because the Bosio looked like a take charge guy, right. And got his point in. And yeah. he might not. He might not have gotten onto the debate for 15 minutes if he hadn't done that.
4: Right. Right. Like any basketball player or soccer player, you test the referees. You see what they're calling.
0: But I'm surprised that nobody, including in that first interruption, said, "Whoa, whoa! How are we, I'd like to know how we're running this." All right, does everybody just get to jump in whenever they want to, or how are, you, how are we going to handle these? You got to be careful
4: not to look like prissy. Right, when I'll you play do by it, right? whatever
0: rules you want. Just want to know what the rules are. That's a
4: manly way to say. Say it. Way to go. Not prissy at all, uh, Michael. Uh, some uh, apparently some emailers are questioning my. Sterling Spanish pronunciation, <laughs> which I find shocking. I do too. I hope you don't have a Buenos Dias, but uh, okay. <laughs>
5: a no,
1: Beto, eres un falso y un idiota. A nadie le gustas.
4: There you go, Beto. You're a phony and an <laughs> idiot. No one likes you.
0: Beto doing his first long answer in all Spanish was just too much. That has yeah. to be too much for most people. I just, I'd be shocked if it wasn't.
4: Request- Give me just a second here, Marshall. Go ahead. There we go. go. Yeah.
1: Julian, por favor
5: Julian, please
4: speak English.
5: <laughs> Very nice. Castro, reflecting on his performance this morning, said the debate proved he is the one to defeat Donald Trump.
0: What people saw was that I have a strong vision for the country, uh, that I have the right experience to be president, uh, and... They want to know, look, can you stand up to Donald Trump? And I showed that I can more than handle myself. So I think that uh, people are looking
5: at me a new way today. I would
4: run away in terror if he were elected president, but he's right. Everything he just said. He's an impressive guy. He's he's a pandering son of a gun, but uh, he's right.
0: So two things about Trump. One, I watched the whole debate thinking, who who could stand on stage next to Trump and deal with him? There's several that I don't think, I think Beto would just get destroyed, but he's not going to have to, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, um, please. But my wife, who is not into politics, doesn't care about any of it, doesn't know what's going on. She said it's just not, she sat down for a while and she said, it's just not as exciting without Trump. I wonder how much of that will be true for a lot of people. It's just, he set a standard of excitement and entertainment that is not going to be met. And well, yeah. I don't know, I don't know yeah. how that matters voting wise. For or better because, or worse. For better or worse. <laughs> I
4: tell you what, though. And and I say this as a uh, a conservative libertarian, whatever I am, labels are for soup cans. Um, I can't wait for Bernie versus Biden tonight. I mean, that's going to be really interesting. You've got the the hyper uh, verbal bellowing old socialist versus uh, old Uncle Joe, who's trying to come off as the adult in the room in America. You just get, stick with me. We'll do just fine. I'm did, very did, reasonable. Do
0: they go after each other at all? But he's old as hell. I, I'm, I'm confused on what the strategies should be. You've got so many people in the race. It, it, it just just uh, it, In first blush, you would think, well, if you're in second place, or for, if you're first and seconds are behind you, you got to go at each other. That's how to win. Right. But they're two completely different strategies. So if you attack Bernie and his policies, you lose... His crowd and all Elizabeth Warren's people, Castro's people, you know, half the people on the stage last night's people. Right, And the same in the reverse for Bernie. Plus, you don't have to destroy the number two guy, as shown with Trump. You just need to stay at the top in each state, state by state, and Mm -hmm. amass all the delegates. You don't ever have to get above, like, 30%. Yeah,
4: but you've got to look a little bit toward the future, because the current number one guy may not be the number one guy for long. Again, we have 495 days for the love of all that is holy. But the Trumpian bargain yeah. that the Republicans thought they struck last time was, look, I stay away from criticizing Trump. This was the Cruz strategy. I don't anger all the Trump fans. Then when he inevitably crumbles, when they he impuls- come to me. yeah, And uh, they waited and they waited and they waited. And that moment never came. And. <sighs> Same could be true with Bernie. Yeah, All the indeed. progressives think, I'm not going to beat up Bernie
0: and lose the people that are hot for Bernie.
4: You know, I man, I would love to be in Joe Biden's uh, prep room. And I would like to have it out with an advisor who disagreed with the following. Joe, we need you to say, I like Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders really cares about this country. But if Bernie Sanders is the Democratic candidate... He will lose 49 states. That doesn't make me happy, but it's true. There is no way Bernie Sanders could ever be elected president.
0: That'd be a great thing
4: to say. Yeah. I don't think I think that gamble is worth taking. I have a feeling they won't when you're the front runner you don't risk anything. Um, but, man, I'd, I'd, I would be interested as hell to hear that conversation.
5: You're very good
4: professor. Thank you.
5: <laughs> there you go. That... <laughs> oh, sorry. That's
4: uh, your news. I'd lose 49 states. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. i sorry. I just sorry. didn't know.
5: I didn't know I would. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, That conscience of the nation. <laughs> what does the
4: president think of Joe Biden? I can't remember. I think I'm racking. Joe me. Biden is a dummy. Oh, there's that. I would win Vermont, and I would win Venezuela. I'd win those two states. Uh, a point of order, Mr. Senator, sir. Venezuela is, uh, well, well never mind. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I am sorry. Know I Venezuela, just didn't know.
0: I didn't know we couldn't count Venezuela as a state because of racism. Another thing, uh, Julian Castro said the two things that, that he said last night that, that just drove me crazy. One, I, it's such progress that we have so much Spanish being spoken here tonight. I don't think most people see that as progress. Wow. And then when he started talking about Puerto Rico, because I care about all Americans, I thought, how many people are really concerned? about making sure the Puerto Ricans are happy. Puerto Ricans are.
4: they Of course they yeah. are. And I would
0: yeah. be too if I were Puerto Rican, but yeah. I, I don't think many people in many
4: states are worried about it. Yeah, he's got, the, he's got a solidify the Hispanic vote strategy. Obviously, what he does with that, I do not know. You know, there was a moment of irony, our discussion of having uh, Quebecizing America or Balkanizing it, where we separate into our ethnic camps with our unique languages. Um, ironic moment. I have said for years and years, as progressives say, Diversity is our greatest strength, which is really just a dopey greeting card slogan thing to say. Unity is our greatest strength. Well, I thought it was ironic that the insufferable Tom Perez uh, in his pregame speech to the, uh, the audience said, listen, Democrats, unity is our greatest strength. I thought, well, that's an interesting notion, Tom. (laughs) How often do you say that sort of thing? Not often, I don't think. Any thoughts?
0: 415-295-KFTC on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: To hear my answer in English, press one.
5: <laughs> God damn, better rock. That was a surprise. That was like totally a surprise. This guy was so fluent. I bet half of America thought they flipped to Univision by mistake. And it's like
0: no, press the SAP button! Press the SAP button! Trevor Noah
1: making fun Debes of that.
4: For you pathetic English speakers, you must speak English to be a citizen of the United States. You must be a citizen to vote. Why are you people speaking Spanish?
0: Uh, Trevor Noah making a joke about that on the Daily Show is notable to me.
4: I think so. The punchline was mostly mocking white people who were left confused Mm. by someone speaking a foreign language. Um, You know, I promised this and then I forgot because I'm an idiot. I apologize for being an idiot. Ben, the libertarian who's contributed many things to the Armstrong and Getty Show through the years, uh, joins with me, Joe Getty, in my brave stance that no book should be more than 85 pages long. Right. I, I am willing to grant special exemptions for scholarly uh, research or, or that sort of thing. Perhaps the lives of the great uh, humans. Uh, but God, 85 I don't know. 80... pages is plenty for that's, virtually everything. That's anybody. a lot of pages. Yeah. Uh, ben turned me on to the Blinkist app. Um, insights in 15 minutes. Get the key ideas from best-selling nonfiction distilled by experts into bite-sized text and audio. Over 3,000 titles. A vast library. What's it cost? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to check it out, but it's what called the, Blinkist. I will start using that today. Yeah, no, I, I, that's why I brought it up. I'm so excited. By the Blinkist. It. I can't forget that. Yeah. Um, more on. Did the, you say uh, it's an app or? Yeah, a... it's an app. Oh, yeah. awesome. More on the uh, the debate and some quotes and stuff. If you didn't hear it, it was just, it was it was interesting. It was often ridiculous and terribly terribly annoying, but um, there were some aspects of it that were worth discussing. Uh, Eric in Dallas. Um says, and Eric, this is unnecessarily uh, combative, but while there is much to talk about when it comes to the steaming pile of socialist garbage that was the Democratic National Debate, it was more than that. Um, But (laughs) I'd really like it if you all mentioned uh, David Bellavia a soldier in Iraq who received the Medal of Honor yesterday for saving his entire unit in hand-to-hand combat. Uh, he gave a wonderful speech yesterday and also has a new book out. You know, I wonder if we could track that down and post that at armstrongandgetty.com, because I'd intended to mention David and his heroism in the award uh, yesterday. We just It's funny how things get squeezed out. But, yeah, he's an American hero and an amazing man, so good for him. And I'm looking forward to reading that speech or listening to it. Um... Yeah okay, we can leave that alone. So, um, the debate last night—other than people speaking Spanish a lot to signal their virtue at being enlightened, um, multilingual progressive. well how many? Know, people, do you know how many people actually are racist against Hispanic people? Like none, okay, practically none. That,
0: that brings me to uh, the Amy Klobuchar thing, which I don't think we have. It doesn't matter what she said about immigration.
4: Maybe we do have a little of that. Jack is scanning the list for that quote. Oh, uh, Dem Debate 6? Yeah, that's the one. Could you play that? It's short.
2: Uh, we have a situation right now where we need workers in our fields and in our factories. We need them to start small businesses. We need their ideas.
0: Okay, that was at the end of a phrase in which she said, you know, we have a president who doesn't believe in immigration. And then she said the percentage of CEOs that are, are foreign-born and the percentage of Nobel Prize laureates that have been foreign-born. And I thought... That's exactly Trump's plan, merit- based. We bring more people into this country that prove they can add to society. We right. would end with a, end up with a higher percentage of immigrants who are accomplishing a lot, not lower. Well, and we that was just a- that was either that was either she doesn't understand it, which I don't think she understands it or just lying pandering. I think she's lying, but that because she's a pretty
4: smart gal. like and, I can't and how many like how that? many
0: people do you know who are actually? Anti-immigration. I, I don't few. personally know anybody. I'm sure there are some, but it's not very many people. The polls show people are fine with immigration. They just need a certain number. People have to come here legally. They don't like the whole, you came here so your whole family gets to come here. They want it based on something. Right. That, that That's just a lie to present it that way.
4: Yeah. It's, well, the reason they say anti-immigrant is because the actual position of people like me or you is uh, much more difficult to, to criticize or to tear down. We let more than a million people in as immigrants lawfully every single year in the United States. Which is States. more than every other country in the world. That's right. And and most, the vast majority of Americans are fine with that. Maybe some want to tweak the number downward. Maybe some want to tweak the number upward. But the coalition of actual anti-immigrant people is infinitesimal. And
0: it's popular, the idea of, of that million, let's have it be more people with this degree or that skill, as opposed to, in many cases, no education whatsoever, whatsoever yeah. hardly any in the, in the education at all.
4: Yeah. Although, you know, to the extent that we need labor in the fields, for instance, that Amy Klobuchar mentioned, and, and here's where we arrive back at that same ridiculous, annoying spot that we always end up in this conversation. Yeah, yeah, we need a better work visa system, more efficient. We need more temporary visas. We need work visas. We need a streamlined immigration system. We need an asylum system that works, that doesn't encourage people to take this incredibly harrowing, dangerous journey across Mexico, only to die at the Rio Grande River, which is somehow Trump's fault now, uh, even though we send the message over and over again. Yes, pay off the cartels and just get here. Do it and just get here. Amy Klobuchar and Julian Castro and all the folks on the left send that message message as loud as they can just get here and we'll make sure you you can stay and then people get raped and murdered and drown or or die of dehydration in the desert we make it unmistakable the only way to get in the u.s is to do so lawfully and we'll let millions of you in, millions and millions of you but you got to do it lawfully we send that message we win but neither party has any serious interest in doing that At least, you know, there are people within the parties that do, but on the whole, no, not really.
0: An interesting factoid, how many times was Joe Biden's name mentioned during the debate? He's the clear front-runner nationally and in all of the early contests. Did he come up at all? Zero. Wow. Joe Biden's name did not come up once, and we just got a text. Too early, I guess. So when they asked the question, what's the greatest threat to America, there were four people that mentioned China. Would have been a perfect opportunity to say Joe Biden said China is not a threat to the United States. I think China is not only a threat, it's the biggest threat. There is an opportunity. that be a good subtle shot. That's, you got to be a strategist. But, but nobody even mentioned his name, which is pretty
4: interesting. You know, that's a, that's a great point. And, uh, folks, you don't know this. Jack's really sick right now. He's very sick. And yet he's coming through with insights like I, that. I think this calls for a slow clap. A movie slow clap oh, for I, Jack.
0: I don't know that I'm very sick. I have the common cold with a fever. But I don't know if they'd call that very sick. Well, that grew to a smattering. You know, previews are always tough because all my smart pundits were telling me Elizabeth Warren's going to be getting it from all sides. Nobody went after Elizabeth Warren last night. Not even once. But Joe Biden's biggest threat is looking old tonight. His biggest threat is age. He, it's him. It's His him. biggest threat, threat is himself. If he answers a question where he just he gets the name wrong or the date wrong or something, you know, an old person, a
4: senior moment, could doom him. It really could.
0: I he know.
5: wanders off. <laughs> Michael,
4: Michael, that's disrespectful <laughs> That man served the country As vice president And, 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 and senator in the early 70s Yes, yes.
1: Armstrong and Getty